Hello, ladies and gentlemen. What's up? Welcome back to the Undiluted Podcast. This is episode 41. And here with me today, well, first of all, thanks for listening and thanks for supporting. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for liking all that good stuff. And um, as we continue to make more and more episodes, pump out more content, uh, like I always say, feel free to shoot us ideas or, you know, whatever. Open and listening and giving the people what they want to hear. So, anyway, here today with me, I got a special guest who this episode will be all about. And he goes by the name of Mark. How do you pronounce your last name, Mark? Uh, DeGrucci. DeGrucci? Yes, sir. Oh, man, you sound like a rapper. <laughs> Mark DeGrucci. <laughs> yeah, but Mark is my special guest today. He's from Jersey, but right now currently in North Carolina. Um, he's a musician, graphic designer. He's a man of many, many talents. So, many hats, uh, many hats. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Mark. Well, you know, as you mentioned, uh, I was originally from New Jersey. My, uh, my parents moved down to uh, North Carolina uh, when I was younger. Obviously, I'm still living with them. My dad passed away, and we were kind of stuck in NC. But uh, now I'm in uh, Charlotte, which is like across the state from uh, where we ended up. Was it like a a huge like adjustment for for you going from the East Coast to living down in that area? Uh, not really. Just like the neighborhood we lived in was like one of the smaller neighborhoods. So we moved to like a uh, small town equivalency of it. But, um, you know, when you're younger, uh, you don't have to like, basically I always feel life is divided in like two parts. When you can drive and when you can't drive. When you can't drive, you're just pretty much hanging around with like the random friends I'll pick you up or like your parents will hopefully drive you around kind of deal because like we didn't have public transportation. So for me, it wasn't that much of an adjustment from there to Charlotte was an adjustment because I was like an adult and I was going to school, working, whatnot, you know? And it's just like, a, it's more of like an adjustment of people because the town they live in was very uh, Southern, very like crazy redneck kind of deal as opposed to like Charlotte, which is like, a, more cultural, you know, uh, a bit more diverse, more uh, populated and concentrated, you know. Uh, are they are they pretty into the hornets down there? Yes, yes, goddamn. It's like sorry, almost everyone has hornets gear, panthers jerseys, like it's a thing. Uh, almost every wrestler in the area has like a set of hornets type gear whether it's like the old school before they were uh moved to what was like new Orleans, or they have like the new school designs like that's a thing that's and, yeah oh and michael jordan lives here and he's usually at games oh yeah i see he owns well yeah he owns them now or whatever and it's still like i don't know it's hard for them to do anything at all like relevant but yeah trying, i guess so yeah. I mentioned that you're a musician. Um what instruments do you play other than the guitar? 
<laughs> so I, I really don't play instrument. I was a vocalist for a few like touring death metal bands. Uh, I was in a band called Labyrinth, which was like a death metal, de death core kind of deal on a label called Tribunal for a, a few years. We released a record called Depths of Hell and we uh, toured the US a few times on it um, with mm -hmm. a few bands here and there that ended up being bigger than we were. And, uh, you know, I quit there. I worked in an adult store for a little while, uh, selling dildos basically, and like sex kits to people. And, uh, <laughs> one that was a good experience, man. <laughs> Dude, so, like, you get a lot of embarrassed looks, like, uh... no, so basically, like, here specifically, it's just a bunch of women who don't want to talk to you. Cause you're a guy kind of deal like they have guys who work there some of them are gay some of them are straight like it's, it's is what it is you know but uh they just want to talk to you they're guys who buy like sex pills they're guys who are doing like butt stuff but it's not gay butt stuff you know they're not they're not homosexuals but they don't want you to like talk to them kind of deal so it's just it's literally just a bunch of people who don't want to fucking talk to you because you're a dude and i'm, a, I'm like six two heavily tattooed and, you know i have like a a bunch <laughs> but uh it's just that and people trying to steal fucking constantly so like i don't know work at the store is not bad no one's doing freaky shit if they are it's like one person out of like two months is doing some like crazy shit everyone else is just being normal and embarrassed about it <laughs> yeah like this one dude sorry this one dude who uh looked like Jared from Subway when Jared from Subway was skinny came into the store and like we were talking I have like I have two sleeves like fully sleeved out and they were visible at the time like you know I didn't have them covered up and he was like oh I like I like your tattoos blah 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 I was like oh thanks he's like yeah I got this uh, tattoo on my back I was like oh what is it he uh pull <laughs> he pulls up his phone and Again, this dude looks like Jared from Subway, and he has uh, a full torso uh, piece, like uh, front and back, both sides. And it is an executioner uh, beating a girl who is chained like against a wall with like whips and it is like all in his back. And there's like all this like uh, extreme like S&M stuff tattooed all over him. He's like, yeah, I built a dungeon. He showed me his dungeon on his phone. And this guy has like, what would be the equivalency to like a good size apartment. He has that size basement. There's like wooden crosses everywhere that he built from scratch. And like uh, reinforcements on the walls for chains. Like oh. that shit was crazy. And it was like, it looked well constructed you know like if you were look at it like damn this person knows how to make some stuff mm -hmm. yeah especially in the day and age where you have a lot of people who pay for cheap ass tats that look like shit and i'll be trying to tell people like man get what you pay for man <laughs> dude that's the truth i used to uh i used to like front desk manage a tattoo shop in uh, charlotte for a little while and like you know for for like i know i'm sure where you live you know it costs less than here it costs more than here just because like the uh the standard of living's higher up north 
but for here like the rates for that specific shop were like very compatible lower than a lot of like the shops of equal equivalency where people just come in and complain all the time and it's like dude you know if it's going to be on your body forever i know everyone's not like balling on like a massive budget where money ain't a thing because it is you know what i mean but it's like give a little bit of thought to it you know it's going to be on your body forever fuck it might as well make it an investment of some sort wait till income tax season or something that's the fucking truth <laughs> <laughs> so how was it um while you were touring with the bands how was your experiences like like what's the like the best days and the worst days and the craziest shit you've seen okay so we primarily toured in like uh like an astro van kind of deal so we had like bucket seats and shit and uh we had a we had a a trailer and sometimes we didn't have the trailer so we just packed the shit in the back so i guess like the general day is i like traveling at night uh less traffic less heat less bullshit um and you can piss on the side of the roads if you need to because you know after you're driving for a while you just got to pee in some of those not bathrooms or there's too many traffic or whatever but you know so an average day would be just like hanging around in the town or continuing to drive you know stopping to get food or i pack my food sometimes and uh getting to the venue you know uh unloading getting stuff set up and just like just like a lot of waiting around which is like the crazy stuff because i don't think like people are cognizant of the amount of time bands spend just to play you know 30 40 minutes at a show or sometimes less you know but as far as like crazy shit, you know, we would go to some parties afterwards and uh, like, I don't drink. I really don't do any type of like drug or anything. Just not my thing. So I'll be like the guy watching people get fucked up and do crazy shit. But I watched a guy fight a wall, which is funny. Uh, fight a wall? <laughs> he was like, it was like in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, one of those areas. And he was like a big fan of the record. And he invited us over to his place and it was him and like some chick and some random dude. And they were like dancing to the music in the living room in front of us, which we're like, I'm just like sitting there like, God damn it, trying to go to sleep. And he starts fighting the wall because he wants to show us like how tough he is. Saw that. Um, I watched some people piss on a hooker, a, a stripper in a parking lot in like Virginia Beach, Chesapeake. I'm trying to think of other like really random stuff. Watch people overdose at parties. That was crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. And so what was your favorite spot that you guys uh, stopped by? Like as far as town, location and all that? Well, the thing is, like, when we go places, it's it's really just driving, then getting there and hanging around around the venue. So we don't really get to see, like, we didn't really get to see much of, like, the cool shit. But I guess my favorite that I could remember would be, like, Vegas. We played the Vegas Strip at some saloon kind of bar. It was, like, on the second floor, maybe third floor. Oh, uh, if you've seen pictures, it was by the restaurant that has like that 
350 pound scale or whatever outside where it says like the world's largest hamburger or some shit we we played anyway we played this saloon the show was whatever it was like a death metal festival but there was like so many casinos and so many like street performers the dude from pawn stars he's a guy who like fucks around with toys he had his own little booth thingamajig like store outside so it was like really crazy to see just like this um I guess like harsh showmanship and so much shit just like generally in the areas you can walk to. That was really cool. Um, Florida was always good, just in general, because like you got old people trying to like swag out and pimp and whatnot. And like the drives are like hella short. So you can actually like chill out and not have to worry about driving or trying to find a place to be. You know what I mean? Like you can always like stay with people after shows. But, uh, <laughs> Like, I know you said you don't drink or smoke or anything like that. Shit. Like, I, I know that's pretty huge when it comes to uh, like most bands and shit like that. Like, how did you feel in that type of environment? Like, have you ever been peer pressured or like have people like, hey man, why don't you drink with us? So here's here's the weird thing. Like, I don't, I can't speak for anybody else, but I can speak for me. You know, when I was younger, you know, there was like all this. uh say no say no to drugs or whatever the fuck like that that egg cracking commercial if you remember that where it's like this is your brain and they were always like hyping it up that people get to try to make you try drugs and i'd been to parties and whatnot and people would obviously like offer stuff to you but it was always in like i'm a good host kind of deal like hey you know we have some drinks if you want any you know we have some smoke over there on the corner you know if you want some you know just let us know what's up but during the band days, it was like the only time I would be ever be peer pressured to do anything. And it's like really like it really fucks with my head sometimes just because like like, you know, I don't I don't do this without my preference. But if you did do it, you know, wouldn't you want more beer for yourself, you know? Or more pot for yourself or whatever it may be, you know what I mean? Like I just I just never understood that, like trying to force it onto somebody if you're the one who does it and you paid for it, you can just keep it for yourself. Like, fuck it, you know? But yeah, mm-hmm. I get peer pressured a lot there. And it was like, just annoying the shit out of me. Cause just, you know, it creates a bad environment. Not the fact that people do it, but the fact that people are like trying to make you do something you don't want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So dealt with that shit a good amount of times and I don't know it just like it really gets my fucking nerves because like I don't mind drinking people drink I don't mind smoke per se because you can just like leave the area but I hate when people just like trying to keep you in enclosed spaces and do that kind of shit you know just make it like a really hostile environment yeah I can relate sometimes <laughs> I <laughs> sometimes uh Sometimes I uh, drink, sometimes I don't. Like, yeah. Long periods of time. It'd be like months. And then, shit. You know, a lot of my friends, a lot of my people, they'd be like, shit, we gotta get fucked up no matter what the occasion is. Like, damn. And then it's, it's, it gets to the point where you got buddies who come to the kids' birthday parties and shit with, with a drink. Like, damn, let the kids play and. <laughs> yeah, man. Know? I know, man. Time need... and place. Time and place. <laughs> All right, you don't, you don't need a beer for everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like my girlfriend drinks she doesn't peer pressure me she drinks like every so often it's usually just like mixed drinks or like uh like a cheap drink like a pbr or a like miller or butter or whatever they're called coors light that's what it is and it's like just if we go out to a place or something you know Charlotte, huh? I was about to say that just reminded me of uh, CM Punk too. Dude, anytime I went to Chicago, I would fucking walk all around the venues and be like, "Hey, man, like, I, you know, do you watch wrestling? Like, uh, sometimes, like, oh yeah, do you know who CM Punk is? Like, does he come around here? Was trying to be like hella creeping. It's like I live in Charlotte, and I run into random Panthers players all the time." Because, like, football teams have, like, five strings of players. You know, they have, like, the main rosters, like your Cams, your Luke Keekleys, your Olsons, and they got, like, the random motherfuckers. So I figured, like, because I run into these people so much that other people elsewhere have to run into, like, their local celebrities, you know? Never ran into them. If you want to meet people that run into Pump, you'd have to go to the Wicker Park area over near uh, the Cubs Stadium, Wrigley Field. That's where he's usually around. That's where he lives. Oh, and, hell yeah. And he goes to games too, like Blackhawks games and uh, Cubs games too. Yeah, I saw that. I know he owns like a tattoo parlor and lives above it or something. Yeah, him, him and Derrick Rose, they, these dudes just shit walk around like normal. Oh, Derrick Rose just... can walk? Yeah, <laughs> petty as hell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's doing pretty good right now, though. Hopefully, he'll come back to the Bulls this offseason. Dude. And be like, and remain healthy. <laughs> dude, like, I know I crack on him every so often, like, in the forum. But, dude, he is good. And when he's on it, like, no one can touch him. True. And he's only 30. Right what? Now, 30 or 31. Damn. He's still young. Shit. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's crazy because you have like people like LeBron still out there killing it, and they're like, he's not old in the grand scheme of everything. He's old for playing basketball at the level he is. Yeah, LeBron might fuck around, miss the playoffs for the first time in over a decade plus or whatever. Damn, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so one more thing about music. Uh, what's you got any like one favorite song in particular or any? And also any music that anybody's uh of yours that you made that a fan brought back to you like hey I can relate to this because me I I made I used to make music like I've had that happen what and that's pretty cool. Uh nothing re- nothing recently but like when I was in a band people would always pick pick on certain songs like Labyrinth had a song called uh, Sawmill Road. People just mm-hmm. dug it. There's like a really cool like breakdown in it. But it was stuff like that to where it's like relating to the music or relating to just like generic sayings. It was never like uh, really diving into like the concepts of the music or anything or any like of the actual lyrical content. You know, people people just in the scenes that I was in weren't really into that. It was just more like the style of music and they were in, interested in like the instrumentation of it instrumentalization of it whatever the fuck the word is doesn't matter <laughs> and so you made uh, heavy heavy metal yeah yeah like uh okay. one of the bands i was in called uh, a born deformity was on like a a subsidiary of sony sony called comatose music which is like brutal death 
pretty much like every band shirt looks the same like you know some monster fucking stuff up with like a hard to read logo all the songs are about like in the genre like anti-religious space and like uh cosmics and like anarchy and that kind of stuff so it's like to me it's like as cool as it would have been to have like a personalized conversation with people about lyrical content because as a person i want to like write some shit that hopefully like i can relate to that hopefully other people relate to it just never happened and it's it's just one of those things you know oh yeah it's kind of different for heavy metal Mm -hmm. i understand um let's see so we'll take a dive now into uh so how did you get started with uh graphic design uh art in general I used to be in like a, a local band when I was like 16, 17. I didn't have the money to pay anybody. So I like uh, legally downloaded like Photoshop or something off of uh, like Kazaa or LimeWire or whatever was popular at the time. And I like, kind of tinkered at it. And uh, I never really got good at it. I went to art school, uh, got kicked out for fighting. <laughs> oh shit. Man. I had a bully. It was like the first time I ever having a bully, and I was like 24. And uh, yeah, we got into a fight. I whooped him. He went out and cried like a little bitch. Got kicked out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, at that point, I I don't know. I wanted to keep doing it, and I don't know. I like get get better at it at least than uh kind of one thing led to another working the adult store they needed some stuff kept playing joined a band they needed some stuff and I kept playing with the program kept progressing kept progressing I'll just keep putting my name out there and uh and do stuff for people whoever asked and was willing to like pay a little bit of money you know to uh just for the time I was just making stuff you know, so like over the years, I've been doing it more and more seriously. Like right now, I, I do it primarily uh, in the company to like uh, earning my master's at UNC. But uh, yeah, I got lucky. I've been drawing a lot, doing like a lot of graphic design stuff for like random death metal bands, hardcore bands, uh, wrestlers like uh, Dave Christ, uh, Ohio's for Killers, uh, Desmond Xavier, Zach Wentz, uh, Ray Rowe. Uh, War Machine, the, like the tag team, I did some designs for them, and just like random wrestling promotions. So, do you do it like through like their managers, or do they hit you up directly? Like, hey man, can you do this for me? Um. So most of the time, the wrestler hits me up. Like, there's a few times with like, for example, like OR4K. I do like a lot for them, to where they're their manager JT Davidson would hit me up and do stuff it just honestly just whoever talks now just keep talking to them because like I don't know I I think it's really cool because like I think there's like a weird misconception about wrestling sometimes like that the person on TV is like a gimmick manager as opposed to like a real manager for him like a shoot manager but I just found it fascinating when that would happen but like dude this is actually a really cool story I'll tell. Um, so you know Ray Rowe, right? He's on. Uh, he was. He's in NXT now. He was in New Japan at the time. Like it was like a few days after they won 
the uh, IWGP Tag Team Championships. And I literally just fucking watched it with my girlfriend. Like we were watching the pay-per-view uh, the next day. Well, the day of, but later in the day. And like, I was talking about it. He like wrote me and it was like, it's really crazy. Cause like, there's always this misconception. I always feel with like celebrities or people of notoriety, you know, especially like for me coming from music, mu- music, where there's like somewhat like of a sense of entitlement among bands, like, you know, you're so good, so you deserve things. But when mm-hmm. he wrote me, he wrote me in like a really humble manner. And it was like really crazy to me because I don't think that people think of that in the realm of wrestling, you know, with this like macho, masculine kind of world. You know what I mean? But yeah, mm-hmm. he contacted me and I just did it through him. And I don't know, I enjoy it. I enjoy doing stuff for wrestlers, people I like in wrestling, like uh, I'm fans of. And a lot of them are like really prepared with ideas, which I think is like terrific. Because uh, to tie it back to band stuff, a lot of bands are not prepared with ideas. They just kind of want a basic they want you thing. To come up with some shit. They want you to come up with something you already made, but they want it different, but they don't want it different. They want the exact same thing, but with their name on it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, wrestlers will come up with ideas like my deal with it doesn't Xavier he would actually like sketch out an idea and side note he can fucking draw really well he posts a bunch on like Instagram now with his art but he would like sketch out ideas I'm like hey here's what I'm thinking Ray Rowe would have like references ready um, same with like a lot for Katie guys they would have references off the bat and like hey man here's what I'm thinking blah 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 to you know how many colors this design is uh, can you can you put my name and this quote up here and this kind of stuff and it's like really interesting to me like from client to i guess myself you know client to producer i guess that the investment wrestlers have in their character and their persona their brand their entity because you know if you i feel like if you want to grow as a business you need to know what you're trying to achieve if that makes sense and i just really admire working with wrestlers for that aspect they're the fact that they're like constantly thinking about their character and processing it which helps make the graphic design for them more fun yeah most definitely when the person is showing interest and actually giving out some ideas to give you something to feed off then yeah that helps a lot on both ends oh yeah have you ever something I noticed uh, when it comes to graphic designers is uh, they, a lot of them deal with like flat out blatant plagiarism. You ever had anybody just steal your work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How would you handle that? I, I just wrote them. Um, I, I haven't had it too much that I've caught it at least. Um, like where people like repurpose a design I used are made for something like a CD cover and they just like put their name on top of the person who paid for its name um, or like try to use a design like they didn't pay for they to put like a watermark on or something like I, I made one for like some music festival the guy paid half 
and was trying to pretty much get a bunch of stuff for free from me and I told him to fuck off. And uh, sorry, let, let me put that in context. He wrote me four times on Valentine's Day. He paid me Valentine's Day morning at 3 a.m., wrote me four times. I had it finished by noon the next day. And he was like trying to get all his free stuff. And I was like, no, we're not, we're not doing that shit. I'm sorry. Like I was out with my girlfriend yesterday and you literally fucking blew my shit up to ask if I was finished. You know, I, I have school, I have girlfriend time. You need to chill. Anyway, he, he, he tried to use like the screenshots I sent him to use for like the event poster. And I like contact the venue and the venue was ran by one of the dudes who ran Woodstock. And we ended up putting like the kibosh on it. But I've had stuff like that. I've had people get like work, like designs I've done tattooed on them, which I guess is a form of plagiarism, but I don't care. It's like, if you do that, just take a picture of it. Yeah, take a picture. I think, you, could, I think you can actually sue the tattoo artist for that, I think. Uh, you can. Uh, they had that deal with like Randy Orton and I was at WWE 2K18, I think, mm -hmm. where the tattoo artist tried like filing the case because his tattoos were featured heavily in the game and it was close to the real design that he came up with. Mm -hmm. I mean, so I'm sure you can, but I just don't care about that. To me, it's just silly. Like if you like something and you get a tattooed on you and I don't have to do anything extra, you know what I mean? Like if you just saw it, like I like this and got it on you, just send me a fucking picture. That's all I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's cool of you because, man, you got people like 50 Cent, man. He, this dude, he sues everybody over every fucking thing. Yes, he does. Like, damn, like, he got me feeling like, damn, if you screenshot one of his tweets or Instagram posts, he'll sue your ass or something. Like, damn. Yeah, he's always he's always on social media. I see it in, like, random forums, forums like, random screenshots of, like, disses and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, um, who's some of your favorite artists right now, like, in all genres? Like graphic design or uh, music? As far as music. Um, okay, I like John Mayer a lot. Fucking love John Mayer. Uh, there's a Charlotte rapper I really like named uh, De Niro Farrar. Um, I like Sanction. They're a hardcore band. I want to say they're from like New Jersey, maybe, or Pennsylvania. See uh, Space Cowboy. They, I think they're from like California and maybe like New Jersey. I think they're like uh, split up. But I listen to those kind of stuff, you know, just, oh, and like uh, some band called Frontier, which is like uh, like tech death off time kind of stuff. I like to be like well-rounded with genres of music. So I like listen to like a lot of death metal, hardcore, um, some rap just kind of depends on who it is. And like some like indie music. That's for sure. What about um, J. Cole? He's from out there. So, I do like J. Cole. I like his more more recent stuff, like uh, Born Center and after that. I felt like that first record was a sideline story. I just felt like that was a dude trying to find a sound. I got to meet him once, oddly enough. It just happened like in passing at a, 
like, I think it's like Verizon Wireless in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. I ended up having like uh, two days off of work and I went to a bar and some guy hit me up and asked me if I'd be a part of the cooking team for quote unquote like some concert that's coming up on whatever day. I agreed to it. They told me how much they paid, went, and it was like the uh, the Waka Flocka, Drake, Two Chains, Meek Mill, uh, like tour. It was like around uh, the time of Take Care came out, mm-hmm. and J Cole headlined, and they were all like in the back area where the food was being prepped up, because they they had like basketball goals set up, and they had like a little gym area in the back. So I just got to meet him in passing while I was like making chicken wings and shit. Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. yeah, he's yeah, a celebrity. He, he comes off as a very humble guy. Like I went to his concert in August up here in Chicago, <laughs> and um, like he was saying a lot of wise stuff. Like in between, you know, doing performing his songs, and the dude had on like just a, a white t-shirt and some Nike shorts and some Ricky Jordans that he always wears. I'm like, yeah, this dude's just a humble down to earth dude. Yeah, he seems like, and he seems really, uh, like he's fi- he found himself as, like, the, the musical identity and the person he wants to project, you know? I always find it weird, especially, like, in rap, not to sound like I'm stereotyping a genre, because you can stereotype death metal and all that shit, too, but I always find it that people think that they want to do, like, the Migos, the little, the little Wayne, the little, like, young money flow you know mm-hmm. as opposed to doing something with like a little more substance like a like a kendrick lamar like a, a j cole but try to be real with it i always feel like there's this like weird dichotomy with the genre mm-hmm. yeah but i don't know i'm glad j cole found this stuff and i'm hope that he and kendrick and people like them who like use their platform and their music to push whatever agenda they want to see in social change it's like you know, i go to school at unc charlotte and i'm doing like a master's in sociology with a, a minor in a women and gender studies so we pretty much just like do a bunch of research papers do a bunch of presentations do a bunch of like theory-based stuff uh, based upon like globalization, transnationalism, feminism, and shit like that, as well as like deal with like racial issues and like socioeconomical divides. And uh, yeah, I think it's cool when people use their platforms to speak about actual issues of things that matter, as opposed to just like fuck bitches get money. Because if I was fucking a bitch and trying to fuck another bitch, I wouldn't be writing songs about it. I'd be keeping that on down low, just throwing it out there. <laughs> right. Work smart now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, that always bothered me because I always get, I don't know, sorry, I always get this idea that people always like promote uh, pro- promis- promiscuity, whatever, whatever the word is. But I always feel like it takes away or brings in like the wrong company, you know? like the video hose or like the uh what is it <sighs> that cars that... and the jewelry and half of the shit is rented yes that <laughs> well speaking like the video hose was like the wrong term for it that i can't remember what they're called but you know video they are. vixens 
Yes. Where they're always like hooking up with random dudes, but they're trying to get pregnant. I know a bunch of basketball players have that issue. Then just get taken for everything. And like, that's what I feel like if you promote that kind of stuff, you bring in the wrong company. There's nothing wrong with doing it, but I feel like the promotion brings in like-minded people who want to use somebody else's status to benefit themselves maliciously, if that makes sense. Basically see you as a come up. Yes. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with sleeping around, but there's a certain point where it is what it is. You know what I mean? But people try to turn that is what it is into something more. And I don't know. Not a, not a fan. <laughs> so also one thing about you is that that well, this is how we actually met. You're a huge pro wrestling fan. So how'd you get into pro wrestling? Uh, I used to be friends with like uh, uh, an area wrestler where I lived in Rocky Mount. And uh, in the grand scheme, he's like not a name, but he had like matches in uh, like Chikara, Ring of Honor, but it was just like, you know, like opener kind of stuff. But he's on some of the DVDs, which is like really cool. But we would like download videos off LimeWire or try to get them off of people. And we would watch like um, old AJ Styles stuff where he had like the hemp necklace and the short hair and like uh, Brian Danielson, uh, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, Amazing Red, Jack Evans, like the old like TNA pay-per-view weekly deals. And, uh, you know, we watched it, got in the WWE and uh, honestly, I got out of it uh, around the time I went to art school in like 2009 but uh my best friend came over and uh we were hanging out one day he was like talking about cm punk and a guy named daniel bryan and i was like what the fuck these people are on tv now like i used to have to legally download the videos and i couldn't find any because they weren't that notable at the time you know i was like now they're on tv and then i started watching the program and i was like half the guys used to watch videos of and download them and i had to hunt for them are like so easily accessible, you know what I mean? And I was like, so I just kept watching and I got like more in depth to like uh, New Japan, Lucha Underground, uh, Impact Wrestling, CZW, Evolve, FIP, Shikara, uh, PWG, obviously. I don't watch actually much Rev Pro or uh, WXW, just like one-offs. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good wrestling talent out there. And it's like a really interesting medium, especially like here in the Carolinas, you know, because we have so much of the uh, Jim Crockett stuff here, but there's still like a large new school uh, contingent that, you know, just got kind of got uh, submerged in the culture, you know? Now I see you very supportive of the Indies. That's what's up. We need more of that from us fans. A lot of people just want to focus on WWE, and even even the people who claim to hate WWE, that's all they'll watch when it comes to pro wrestling. And I'm like, damn, if you hate this shit, then you're still not going to get an Indies a chance? <laughs> Dude, like, there's nothing wrong. I, like, for me, there's nothing wrong with WWE. It's just, it's a product. It's their product. You know, you could like it, dislike it, but if you want to be real about it, it's different than CZW's product or Lucha Underground's product or Impact Wrestling. You know, it's just a brand, a flavor of that. And, you know, while there's some like hokey shit in WWE, like with certain cheesy storylines that appeal to kids or 
just bullshit for Total Divas to harp on. I mean, there's still cool stuff in there that even if it's hokey and it's kind of lame and whatnot, I feel that people just gave it a shot and like try to be a little bit more open-minded about it. They could find some entertainment in it, you know? Yeah, because it's like, you could just, it's, it's bigger than just um, your uh, average wrestling promotion now. It's like its own whole universe and not to sound corny because they use that shit but it's like you could just stick to watching nxt and not know shit else about what they got going on and follow nxt on a daily i mean weekly basis yeah or i got a friend oh she she watches total divas Mm -hmm. and she she doesn't watch raw smackdown nxt anything nothing she doesn't know shit about anything else but total divas when it comes to wwe I'm like, what the fuck? But like I said, you, you can get what you want out of it without having to force yourself to watch their other things. Yeah. Like there's so much good stuff going on. And like I have a I have like a weird bias on some aspects of it. But mm-hmm. there's so much diversity that I feel like if you can't get into WWE, like any of the products, there's something wrong with the individual as a fan. Because, like, you know, you have NXT, which is, like, more of, like, an MLW-style program to where it's, like, you have a good amount of backstage segments. You have some, like, good matches with actual stuff going on. You know, you have, like, good planned-out build-ups. Then you got main roster stuff, which has to, appear to a, has to appeal to a worldwide audience due to how it's distributed, you know? So you have mm-hmm. to deal with so many different graphics, like racial, cultural, and still be cognizant of those. And you have stuff like UK, which is like that more like uh, mat wrestling style, more submissions, less flashy, more straight to the point kind of vibe. But there's still some flashiness in it, like with uh, you know with your Pete Dunn, your uh, your Ginny's, your uh, fucking uh, what's her name, Tony Storm, your Walters. So I don't know. I like it. I think it's a cool thing. I, I wish people would get more into indie stuff. Like, on a fun note, before I forget, my girlfriend actually cannot watch WWE. She Boy, says it. She said she just doesn't like it. She says it feels like it's a, like a talk show, which I find interesting. Not that I'm like bashing that, but I always felt like it was more suited for like a family event. And when I mean family, I mean like you know couple like spouse children kind of deal so to hear my couple like my partner i guess not like it i just found interesting because i felt like it would be something more suitable for everybody but she's like super into a uh, new japan um lucha underground she like loves the hell out of lucha underground and likes some of the mlw stuff nice i used to watch uh lucha underground at one point is that still around uh no they finished off like the fourth season and are um i don't know what they're doing about the fifth season but i know a bunch of people like have been talking about contracts and trying to get out of contracts or whatever uh, yeah a couple of them i think signed with aew recently yep so uh, how, how do you guys feel about the hometown boy the nature boy rick flair out there um so Ric Flair doesn't live in Charlotte anymore from what I've heard. I know I heard he like lives in Georgia somewhere. 
there is there's a weird thing about Ric Flair in Charlotte and I know it's like not politically right for me to say this but there there's a large stigmatization against him here even though there are a lot of wrestling fans who do like him um so it's just like it's really weird because when before I moved here I thought like this was like Flair country four horsemen country but apparently it's not because I figured that out generally quickly when people found that I like wrestling but uh like there are people who do wrestle still and live here like um our truth lives here he was just at the hockey game performing uh steamboat um the dragon ricky steamboat lives in the area arn anderson uh, charles robinson mm-hmm. uh tommy young still lives around here from what i've heard well i've seen him before but yeah uh, Flair, he uh I don't know. Like I've heard some things. <laughs> yeah, what good things I've heard some bad things. But... Yeah, the general narrative that you've heard, I'm assuming that we've heard roughly the same thing about him. That's generally the same deal that floats around in Charlotte, but it floats around like a more local level, which I was like really I don't know, I was taken back by for some reason. It sucks because like dudes, dudes a legend, but they have like a black cloud, especially like in the Carolinas where wrestling is like really predominant. It's just kind of like mm, to me, you know. Yeah. I just I don't know. And then a lot of times you got guys like uh, their towns. They'll wait till the guy dies and then they'll act like everybody just loved them unconditionally. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I mean, he, with all the negative stuff that's come about him throughout, like, the more recent years, you know, the guy's still, honestly, one of the people that put Charlotte on the map, you know, him and Jordan, especially, like, in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. I mean, because, damn, like, if you don't know anything about wrestling and you go to, like, a wrestling event, you know, people are going to, those people are going to talk to you about Goldberg. Rick Flair, the Four Horsemen, Dusty Rhodes. Yep. And same with basketball. People still talk about Michael Jordan. And no hate, Michael Jordan still still is a legend. But if we're being honest, he hasn't played in 20 years, you know? It just shows you the value of their, specifically Rick Flair in this situation's uh, work, you know, the body of work and how it held up over time to still be that notable. Let's see, I grew up on Hulk Hogan, and uh, it wasn't until like a bit later in life, you know, I was always thought like Hulk Hogan, oh, he's the greatest thing when I was a kid and shit. And then later on, I ended up going back and seeing Flair and all the shit he used to say and do. I'm like, oh man, this dude much better than Hogan. The fuck was I thinking when I was a kid? Dude, Flair was more dynamic as far as like his promos. I, I, so when I was growing up watching wrestling, when I had my friend, you know, Ric Flair was in WCW and they really weren't doing shit with him. If you remember that time, they were, they always talked about him as he, he was a legend, but he was never like the guy at this point, like the, you know, like 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, WCW. 
Mm-hmm. He was already Ric Flair. I never understood his value up until recently when I went back and I, I watched like the, the Steamboat trilogies or like the old Jim Crockett, like MWA stuff when he was cutting all those like insane promos, you know, doing the hyper selling kind of stuff, you know, when he was that guy with those guys, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he won all those titles. Yeah, that was like that's when he won the title, had the big gold belt and all that. Like the videos I've, I've more recently watched them with like the the privilege of hindsight. Yeah, man, Flair, he's a huge part of. Uh, you'll hear a lot of rappers names drop Rick Flair, like. Oh yeah. Man, even up until now, like man, you got the older rappers, and then plus you got the young ones like the Migos who made that song. Uh, and then Flair actually had that song play at his wedding and shit. I saw that video. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like that also goes to show you, like the value of the body of work he was able to produce. And again, like to me, like he is—I don't want to say coasting. That's not a fair word, but he's living off of that like '80s, early '90s legacy, and that's how great he was then i know he had a, a run later on with like evolution and stuff mm-hmm. but let's be honest at that point in w late w7 it was already rick flair you know he was already uh situated you know i mean kind of like Shawn michaels is where he doesn't really need to do shit anymore he'll always be that guy but dude rick flair's legend and it's crazy yep oldest rag longest line <laughs> people still use that man people still know that stuff word for word so uh one more topic we'll dive into so what are your like ultimate goals when it comes to everything everything you got going on so this is like this is amusing to think about um with gravity design i just keep wanting to do it keep wanting to have fun keep wanting to make stuff for people you know, I, I do charge. I don't charge that much just because I enjoy it and I want people to have good stuff, or at least what I consider good stuff. And uh, you know, keep seeing where that goes. I, I always take clients, and it's important to me to not turn people away, just because like I always feel like each time somebody asks for something like an opportunity, so I want to keep seeing where these opportunities can go. You know, without like sounding like braggadocious, because I'm really not. It's like insane to me to have made stuff for like wrestlers I legitimately watch, legitimately like, legitimately have heard of before we interacted, you know, or make stuff for Hot Topic. Like I literally have a shirt in Hot Topic right now with the partner on it. Um, to have like shirts for bands that I, I legitimately listened to before I made the art, you know? Mm-hmm. To me, that's like super cool, and I would love to continue doing something like that. To where it's like, you know, keep elevating clientele, keep making stuff that is like emotionally fulfilling. You know, where you like you can show that stuff off to your mom or your friends, and be like, I'm proud of this. I want to keep doing that kind of stuff, hopefully, and just keep trying to grow at it. Because, you know, I don't think I'm where I should be, and I think that other people are better than me, but I still want to get better. Um, so that's with art specifically. Um, with school, 
I am. Uh, I finished the masters in um, December of this year. I'll finish, but I'm trying to get into a doctoral program at uh, Chapel Hill, and I have like an interview for there tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, I have three interviews, so maybe we'll do that. See how that goes. Otherwise, you know, if they say no or something, we'll just look for other avenues. There's good luck with that. Thanks. And uh, to uh, use something, uh, a wrestler said, there's like a local wrestler named Timmy Lurette, and Timmy Lurette is part of the Gymnastic Boys. Gymnastic Boys are awesome. Uh, they were at CZW last night, and I want to say they're like in a tag team match. I don't truthfully know offhand. But he told somebody, and I was like listening along, was uh, no just means next opportunity. I know it's like really silly. I'm sure he just said it off the cuff. I don't actually know, but I, he said that and it stuck with me, specifically with school and like with designs, you know, to where it's like that's pretty catchy, dude, right? Are you familiar with Timmy Lou or the Gymnasties? Uh, no, nah, not really. Okay, they're just like they're local guys. They travel. They're fly guys for like some companies. They do like interspecies wrestling. They done some stuff for CZW, Rockstar Pro, and stuff like that. Um, I don't mean this as a, as a diss, but they're not like notable as like, for example, like the Rascals, you know. But that is that is some of their peers, if you know what I mean, like people they work with when they when they travel. I think they're good. I think people have slept on them a little too much, and you know I hope they continue getting uh, more notable because. You know, you have Timmy Lou who does more of like the strong man kind of like Arn Anderson, like enforcer kind of stuff. They can also do some high flying stuff. And you have the other guy in the group named White Mike who does like a bunch of hyper selling spots where he's just like selling, playing to the crowd, being like very charismatic. So I don't know. I'll send you a link to one of their videos. I think they're phenomenal. But back to the uh, the original. Yeah, back to the original question. You know, I just want to see where everything goes. Always believe in producing material, whether it's like school or art, and just being productive. Because you know, I always feel hard work's going to pay out some way, at some form, at some point in time. And it's just preparation that makes the opportunities uh, work out. Yeah, just keep at everything, man. A lot of people lose focus a lot of people just don't keep cracking at cracking and cracking and cracking at what they have going on not at all um, yeah but you you've accomplished a lot already you know i've just been very fortunate very fortunate yeah educated been in bands and actually toured and and a lot of people can't say they've done either it's true to be honest man i didn't think i would have either like have done any of this stuff like i went to uh i went to jail for like a short time when i was 18. so to like look i was talking to my mom about this because it was like 15 16 years ago to like look back on it it's like damn things can change over time you know things can work out if you just like keep looking forward keep being productive in some sort you know What's, yeah. the, what's the name of your uh, brand? 
Oh, my my art stuff. My art stuff is land mind, M I M I N D, uh, land mind design, and I have like uh, an Instagram when I escape, and I have like Twitter and LinkedIn and whatnot, you know. But yeah, on Facebook, social media and whatnot. Always on to chat. Always on to make stuff. <laughs> Yeah, for the listeners who are interested in checking out anything, just go to those, go to those. Give it a look. Oh yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> Mark will try to work with you. Oh yeah, work on any budget, good turnaround time, even edit videos. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Anything else you want to promote or anything else you want to throw out there before we wrap up? <laughs> Not really, man. It's still Sunday, still a good day. Shit, I'm about to go on a run. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta give your girl a shout out. <laughs> oh, I will. Uh, hey, Catherine. I'll see you later on the day. <laughs> Hope your day works good. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. Well, I wish you much luck and more success. Thanks for coming on. Hell yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome to join in on other episodes like you know sports related stuff pro wrestling stuff any of that stuff hell yeah I'd love to man I'd love to awesome this this has been episode 41 featuring my boy Mark till next time people